G'day and welcome to Season 2 of the Far North Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeff, and in each episode of the podcast, I interview a leader from the beautiful city of Cairns in Far North Queensland. It's called the Far North Leadership Podcast for that simple reason, because it features leaders from a variety of sectors across the Far North. I believe that we can grow as leaders simply by listening to and learning from each other. I don't know about you, but every time I meet a leader or I overhear a leadership conversation, it helps me grow. So enjoy the conversations and I hope you find something that applies to your life and leadership in every single episode. In this episode, the microphone gets flipped and I'm asked the tough questions. I talk about how I fell into leadership, what some of my greatest challenges have been and why my wife and I decided to write a book. This interview first featured on the Adventures in Leadership podcast with Brad Case. Brad is the lead pastor for Emerging Generations at Churches of Christ in Queensland, and he was kind enough to share this interview recording with me for this Far North Leadership podcast. You can find out more about Adventures in Leadership and the Adventures in Leadership podcast by finding the links in the blurb for this episode. And I'll be back hosting and asking the tough questions in future episodes with more great leaders from around Cairns. I'm Brad Case, your host for this episode, and on today's podcast we have another great leader from Church of Christ in Queensland. We've got Jeff Snook, who's the lead pastor at the Lakes Church in Cairns. Uh, he's also the host of his own leadership podcast, the Far North, Le- Far North Leadership Podcast, um, and has written a book with his wife Laura called What About? It's available on Amazon and other good bookstores too, so it explores questions about the Christian faith. Um, but Jeff is also an avid student of leadership and some, has some great insights into how we can all lead better for each step on our own journey. So, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brad. Great to be here. Awesome. I'm really glad you could be here today. Um, I've done a really bad job at introducing you there. Like, tell us a bit more about who you are. No, I think you did a good job. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, live in Cairns in far north Queensland, which is a, a beautiful place. We, we just love Cairns. We felt at home there almost immediately when we moved six yeah, years right. ago. We were on the Gold Coast before that. Uh, I'm married to Laura, and uh, she she and I trained together in ministry, um, you know, a decade ago, and then started our family. and And she's been a stay at home mum, and is now, as the kids are all at school, back in our ministry team. It's mm. really fun to work together in ministry. Great. Uh, we have four primary school age kids who keep us entertained. Uh, and if we're not, uh, you know, home with kids or at work or doing ministry, then we've recently, over the last few years, got involved in running and cycling and triathlon. Yeah, so cool. that's been been fun and not what I would have expected. Yeah, uh, it's been you know obviously physically good, uh, mentally and emotionally, but the community around that in Cairns, the friends that we've made and the yeah, fun cool. that we have together. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. So some side benefits to exercise, not just the getting that's, fit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I also listen to podcasts. Uh, yeah, okay. Not, not my own, but other people's while I'm running, so that's fine. Yeah, great. Good to get some content. Mm. <laughs> cool. Um, so where did your leadership journey start, mate? Did it um, start at home? Was it in church? What, where did you start off? The defining moment that I can remember was in a year nine English class at yeah. high school in Melbourne. So we were in Melbourne for 18 months uh, when I was in year eight and nine. And I can remember mucking up in class with some of the other boys one day and my teacher, Miss Van Holst, asked uh, me to stay after class. Ooh. And she walked into her office... <laughs> And I followed her and she sat down and she said, Jeff, in life, some people are leaders and some people are followers. You are a leader. You can go. I was like, okay. (laughs) So I walked out immediately knowing that she meant, you know, I didn't have to follow what the boys were doing. She obviously observed what I didn't realize that they were doing stuff and I was following them. Uh, So that that stayed with me though. I didn't really know what that meant beyond that immediate thing. Mm. 
The second pivotal moment was at Southport Church of Christ years later. I was a uni student and attending the church and Steve Peach, who is currently the senior pastor there, was the youth pastor at the time. Yeah. And uh, he got me involved in schools ministry and youth group uh, leadership. And uh, I, I was really enjoying that. I just had kind of this inkling, this desire to get more involved in that youth group leadership, maybe you know, maybe a volunteer coordinator role or something yeah, yeah. like that. So I shared that with him towards the end of that year. Uh, it was my first year of uni. And he said that he had kind of observed that leadership potential in me as well and been praying for me. And so he invited me to begin an internship program with him, which is what led me to where I am today. Hmm. Um, and so those two were, were pivotal kind of things. And then I'd say over the last three and a half years as senior pastor at the Lakes Church, I've had so many days when I felt way outside of my leadership depth. Um, you know, so many days when I had to remember to put my big boy pants on, um, decisions when I wasn't, decisions that I wasn't confident making and some that I, I wasn't comfortable making either. Mm. Uh, not because they weren't right, just because of the impact of what that meant for everyone yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, and I've just come face to face with my natural people pleasing tendencies. Um, yeah. So it's been a big growth area. I'm sure a lot of us can resonate with the people-pleasing tendency. <laughs> like to be liked. Yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've got a bit of natural leadership stuff that comes from within or the makeup of who you are. I think so. And it sounds like there's a lot of learning you've had to do around leadership. But what's been some of the biggest learning lessons of your leadership? Like, have there been big challenges that you've had to kind of work through that have really shone the light on some of your weaknesses and strength in leadership? Hmm. I think um, th- there's two two big things. One of them was I went through this season uh, when I was studying and when I was kind of a new leader in, in church leadership of really unpacking and deconstructing or authority and leadership and mm. getting to the point of, of thinking there's no place for this like I was really attracted by some models around uh, like open source software Wikipedia yeah. for example where there's structure and support but it's all it all comes from the community all the content comes from the community yeah. and so was really going down that track and, and really rejecting uh, leadership and rejecting decision making and rejecting being out the front in leadership mm. uh, in terms of decision making uh, but there are a few things that helped shift that for me. So a, a few programs. One of them was being part of the Arrow Leadership Program. Yeah. Um, the other was um, going on a, what they call a Leadership 21 trip to visit churches in the US a few years ago. Uh, and then my own experiences in church leadership have really helped helped me be comfortable with uh, a different model of leadership than yeah. than the one that I was unpacking. Yeah, um, okay. And so, kind of coming back to that place of recognizing that some people are gifted leaders, and every community needs their leaders to to fulfill that role. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be in an overbearing authoritarian way, but it is that function of helping the group take the steps that they need to take. Um, yeah. So, yeah, becoming comfortable with that. Uh, and the other thing is the people pleasing stuff. Like, like I said, I I just came smack up against that, mm. especially in this uh, senior leadership role. Um, and it doesn't make sense, as any any people pleaser knows. Actually, anyone who's not a people pleaser knows it even better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no sense at all. Like, there's no way everyone can be pleased with you. It do- that does not make sense. It's not achievable, and it it wouldn't be worthwhile if it did Mm. Um, but what it meant for me apart from knowing it it would manifest in my life in in being really uncomfortable about tough decisions um, in in anxiety at times about decisions I needed to make or how people around me uh, or what I thought they were thinking and feeling and sometimes what they actually were uh, and and often distressed and indecisive where you know I I was in a situation where I had to make a decision that someone would disagree with or I had to um, have conversations where I couldn't agree with the other person and so it really came up against that 
Um, and, I, and I have come to recognize some good sides of the people pleasing, you know, in empathy, care and compassion and mm. reading a room and reading people and things. Um, but as a, as a leader, being able to follow my convictions, which sometimes lead to other people being disappointed or, or being offside or whatever, as long as I'm, I'm operating, you know, according to my ethics and my values yeah. and out of care for them, being comfortable with uh, with some of the feelings that come with that, yeah. and uh, my adventures in leadership coach because I'm in one of the cohorts at the moment has been yeah, fantastic. Great. Even just in the last couple of months, in helping me take another step in that. Brilliant. Mm. So that that whole self awareness journey of that shadow side of yourself. Yeah. Um, I know that when I was exploring my shadow sides around people pleasing as mm. well, I definitely feel what you're talking about there. Um, I was really confronted by this weird sense that I have to make everyone okay with me it, and it's almost like the false you're putting the false self, self forward that mm. I need to be on show here I need to, be, need to look perfect I need to be good with you yep. um, how do you undo that how do you kind of undo that in yourself because it's something we hold up so dearly and almost like white knuckled onto, onto it, this false self we have That's how do right. you undo that uh, I think it really takes a long time. It's an ongoing mm. thing. And it really is about identity and, and emotional health of being okay with what's happening, even though it feels feels bad. Yeah. And our bodies, um, for those of us who are people pleasers, I think our bodies are trained to freak out when we know someone's not happy with us. Mm. And so some of the things, some of the learnings and some of the practices and behaviors help my body calm down when it freaks out. Yeah, okay. So if someone's not happy with me, or even if I think someone's not happy with me, just to go to, to be able to talk through that and reframe that and go that even if it is true, that's okay, as long as I'm acting in the way that I believe is right, that, that's yeah. okay um, for that to happen. Um, and, and there's lots of kind of little steps along the way. So one of the things that, that I realized, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago was that I thought people pleasing was about the other person wanting them to be happy, yeah. but it was actually about me because yeah. I didn't want the conflict. I didn't want the uncomfortable feelings wow. yeah. and unbearable feelings. So I would go out of my way to avoid that for myself. So it was, yeah. it's a selfish thing. Yeah. Um, so realizing that, but yeah, even, you know, one thing that's really helped me, this just goes back three months, my first coaching session that I had with Adventures in Leadership, my coach helped me develop a, a, a sentence um, that I could just repeat to myself and breathe through those feelings um, to say, that I'm not responsible for how other people feel. Mm. So I'm responsible for treating them in the way that I believe is right to treat them and, and behaving in accordance with my values and ethics, but I'm not responsible for how they feel. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's been, yeah, really helpful. Yeah, so leading out of, not of a place of control, but a lack of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right, that I gotta do what I can do, but then what you do is, is yeah. really up to you. Yeah, I'm not right. responsible for that. Well, you've mm. already talked to it about your values, that you're trying to lead and live out of your values there. Mm. Um, what are some of those values? What, what, what are the things that really drive you? Yeah, I, I really, really am driven by the value of each person. You know, mm. I, I really dislike uh, when people are not valued and people are not accepted. Mm. Uh, and so, so that's something that's really important to me. Um, and, and so my people pleasing actually helps that in some ways. Like when I meet someone, I want them to feel like I value them and appreciate them. Yeah. I want them to experience that acceptance. Um, so that's, that's a really strong value for me. Um, Interestingly, you know, honesty uh, is an important value for me, even though sometimes I'm tempted to be slightly dishonest to make you okay with me mm, if we disagree, you know, but, yeah. but uh, that's been an interesting one to explore. So, you know, when someone is honest and upfront about who they really are and what they think, that, that's mm. an important thing to me. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, people acting according to their convictions. So, you know, as a pastor of a church, I have a strong faith um, and there are some values that come from that. but. 
but I, I really value where other people are at and, and you know what, what things and conclusions they come to without feeling like I have to to put my stuff on them or, or compare them to me or, or anything like that. So mm. that, I mean, that again is about the dignity of the, of the individual. Yeah, great. Mm. Well, that sounds like a, a great leadership lesson for all of us, actually. Mm. How do we see the dignity and, val- dignity and value of every person and ourselves? Sometimes we can be hard on ourselves too. Mm. Yep. Um, if you could go back and tell young Jeff, um, who was just starting out in leadership, uh, what would you tell young Jeff about life leadership and how to serve? Mm. I... Uh, my initial my initial thought to that is I'd love young Jeff to get over the people pleasing stuff, but mm. uh, but I think that's not necessarily something to get over, but to understand more. So maybe Great. maybe if I'd started that earlier, but you kind of got to come up against instances where you feel it before you can work through it. Mm. Um, but but what I would say, apart from that pipe dream, uh, which I don't think is realistic, is is I, I I would have loved to have learned earlier to take leadership seriously but not personally. Mm. So where there, where there are those disagreements or where things don't go the way I think they should go or, or whatever, I think as a young leader, I took that too personally and took it yeah. on rather than just taking it seriously and doing it to the best of my ability yeah. and then leaving it behind and, and switching off or going home or whatever and then come back and, and pick it up again. Mm. Yeah, so seriously, but not personally. Yeah. That would have been good. I probably still need to learn that more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think if you'd learned that earlier on? What? different trajectory would you have taken? Do you think it would have changed much? Uh, I think I would have led with so much more freedom and so much more joy. Yeah. Because uh, I reckon by taking it too personally, it just sucks the life out of leadership. Mm. It makes it hard. It doesn't mm. need to be hard. It's actually really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I feel like for the most part, I'm in my sweet spot in my in my role and in my life in so many ways. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I have a sense of calling and vocation, but where I'm taking it too, seri- too personally, sorry, um, it just kind of crushes me I uh, mm. don't enjoy it yeah so I'd, I'd be a lot free a lot lighter a lot more joyful yeah cool mm. you just mentioned your sweet spot mm. um, sometimes finding a sweet spot is a difficult thing to do we kind of we might be a leader listening to this podcast right now thinking gee I'm kind of just slaving away at a job that I'm not really sure I'm, I'm suited for how is it you found your sweet spot was it was it a discernment journey was it a self-awareness journey what what was really led you to your sweet spot yeah, for me, it was a slowly developing thing. Like, you know, when I began in uh, in the youth group, uh, which then led to the conversation with my youth pastor where I got more involved and did an internship, I didn't really know that I wanted to do church ministry. I didn't mm. know much about it, really. Um, but it's just there was kind of an inkling to take some steps towards that. Um, and then once I was in there, I didn't really know that I wanted to be a youth pastor or a youth and young adult pastor or a senior pastor, which were the or generations pastor mm. and then senior pastor. So all those roles I had, yeah. I didn't know at the beginning that that what I felt like I should do but it was slowly developing I think each person experiences calling and vocation differently but for me it often is that slow realization and when it clicks mm. then you get it so all of a sudden one day like the, the the thought might appear in my head or it might come out in a conversation of you know I think God's calling me to this role of senior pastor which I'm in now I knew that for years before I was in the role um, but I knew that it wasn't it was the calling but the timing hadn't come uh, and there were a lot of times of frustration in that waiting. Uh, mm. And so, you know, patience yeah. was important and just focusing on what I could do then and there, um, you know, uh, and when I'm not in my, my sweet spot, as long as I'm still able to kind of manage that and and uh, not not get too snowed under by that, yeah, yeah um, in that waiting time. Yeah, it's good. I think I do a lot of work with young leaders and I think mm. one of the things we find with them is they get paralyzed by choice. There's this sense of, I don't know which is the right direction to take, so we end up taking none of those. Um, mm. How true do you think it is to just start practicing it? Just start where you're at, 
practicing leadership and perhaps the right thing will find you. Do you think that's true? I think that's a great idea, yeah. Uh, and I think you might have to try a whole bunch of things and that's okay. Um, but I think often it, it is the, the the journey or the path is revealed as you take the next step. Yeah, um, you know, It's often not revealed long in advance. You might have a bit of an inkling about what's way ahead, um, but just what is the next step I can take and just have, mm. have a go. Great. Yeah. Cool. Mate, is there one defining thing in leadership that kind of defines you um is it uh, a quality that kind of defines your leadership moving forward is it something you hold true like what would you die on the hill for um, that's a good question mm. um i think i think you know my leadership uh, at the end of the day like what i am remembered for um po- possibly at the moment it could be you know, communication. So my role as a pastor, mm. you know, preaching and teaching is a, a frequent thing. You know, most weeks I would do that. Um, and that's the, the stuff that I often get feedback from. So, you know, the, the, the book that we wrote comes yep. from that. Laura, Laura also does the same preaching and teaching with youth group and with church. Mm. Um, but that's more a function. You know, look, I, I think one of the things that um that is valuable to me in leadership is is having a little bit more of an open approach and that's the thing that i've still kept from that um from that time of deconstruction is to not be so singular in focus that um that i hold so tightly to that that i can't do anything else Mm. but just a slowly developing openness to what is the right thing now Mm. Uh, and so what that what that means in my leadership is my team can get frustrated because I'm not always super clear, I'm not always super convicted about you know where we should go and what we should do. But the plus side is that I really look to the team for us to work on that together. Yeah. Um, and so even you know current situation in my life, um, most of our team was at a conference a couple of weeks ago, and together reached a whole bunch of points of clarity that mm. that we've come back and begun to implement straight away. Whereas um, my personality and style, if I went away by myself and come back, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, I wouldn't have had that same conviction yeah. about it so um so yeah i would say um you know that that maybe that collaborative approach to leadership um and being able to communicate and, and help people are features mm. um but yeah i'm not very singular in focus yeah um you know across the whole of my life for a decade or whatever yeah that's a great insight mm. yeah cool so co- co- uh, collaboration in a community can bring clarity yeah if you communicate yeah. well Lots yeah that's there. right yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's you can write a book, <laughs> write a book yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and that, that's so true for me but i think generally those principles are good some yeah. you know some leaders get it some leaders have vision all by themselves and so the collaboration has got to come along the way after that mm. i often i often rely on others to help us shape that vision so the collaboration yeah. comes beforehand for me yeah that's an important thing great mm-hmm. well you mentioned that you listen to some podcasts as you run and right. how exercise is important for you um what are some great resources you listen to or some habits you cultivate that we could maybe take on board in our own leadership journey yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, the Far North Leadership Podcast, of course, is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. There'll be a link in the description too. You can check it out. There you go. <laughs> um, but there's two that I've, I've listened, listened to kind of over the long haul podcast-wise, and podcasts work for me, listening, you know, driving, running, or even sometimes washing the dishes, doing mm-hmm. housework, I'll listen. Um, and there's two that have helped me. Um, over a decade, for over a decade now, I've listened to the Conversation Podcast with Richard Feidler, the ABC one, which is yep. on the radio, um, the podcast version. And I've listened to to almost all of those interviews over the last decade and I wow. I mean I enjoy them I'm a curious person uh, so I like listening to, to people talk 
but also um, I reckon it has developed so much empathy and understanding in me um, you know that that makes me understand other people and other points of view so much better it makes me a better human being a better pastor I think um, so that one's been really helpful you know he just interviews people um, from all sorts of walks of life most mm. people I've never heard of so that's a great one um, and I still listen to to a lot of those um, and the other one specific to my role is uh, called the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast yeah. uh, he's a Canadian guy he interviews um, leaders uh, mainly Christian leaders and the majority are, are in the church but also from a range of other sectors um, and, and there's a lot of general leadership stuff but that's one that gives me a lot of inspiration and ideas uh, for my role and things that I can put in place yeah, whether it's um, just team and leadership stuff or if it's church and ministry stuff that's been a good one that he's been going for, for three or four years now yeah cool mm-hmm. this podcast can have such a great insight into how we can lead better yeah um, all of your life experience so far has led you to where you are now in your sweet spot um, a healthy, empowering leader, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I reckon you are. Um, and now you're doing the podcast and you've written a book. Why take the steps to do that? Like why invest back into other leaders? What, why is that so important to you? Yeah, um, you know, like I, I wouldn't have sat down to write a book thinking, you know, I need to pass on what I know to others. Um, maybe that's humility, maybe that's false humility. I don't know. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll have to think about that some more. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they kind of came about a little bit by accident. Uh, and so the, the book came about because we'd done some preaching and teaching on these questions that people have. And the, the response was really great. Uh, and the content was there. And so it just started from a random idea from a mate saying, hey, you should put that into a book. Mm. And so we did. And it's been a helpful read resource for people um, and so uh, that, that's how the book came about um, but but recognizing that these same things keep coming up in conversation and so rather than than um, than me having to rehash things all the time you know I can put the book out there and it can be helpful for a wider range of people mm. so that's how that came about uh, and the podcast is just an extension of my curiosity and my interest in leadership and I thought if I can have these conversations and love them why not record them and it can be a benefit to others because uh, mm. I believe that you know, if we're hearing other people's stories and insights into leadership, it helps us grow. So yeah. um, I, I definitely want to invest in other leaders, um, but I, I don't think I come from a place of I've got stuff that they need, um, but I can maybe help facilitate um, content that mm. would help spark some learning and some growth. Yeah. yeah, and I love catching up on your podcast because you're introducing me to leaders I never would have been able to hear from or get to know because mm. we live in totally different geographical yeah, areas. Right. So, yeah. Well, mate, thanks so much for not only your book and your podcast, but even your time today. Um, I think we can learn a lot from your own leadership, your adventure in leadership, um, and there's plenty we can ponder and hopefully help us lead to the next level as well. Um, so, Jeff, thanks for sharing your leadership story and you. all the takeaways you've given us so far. In this season of the Far North Leadership Podcast, I'll release a new episode every month. All you need to do is subscribe on your favourite podcasting app and each new episode will appear when it's released. If you find this helpful or interesting, please pass it on to a friend or a colleague. And I'll be back next month with another fascinating interview.